kick. Welcome back. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this is Streaming Things, the number one uh, power. Of one the podcast <laughs> to rule them all. Yeah, that's the thing we agreed <laughs> the number on. number one power. <laughs> that's not a good look. <laughs> one podcast to find them and in the RSS feed, bind them. There we go. That's a handle nice. we can get by. That's the tagline. That's how we do it here. Mm-hmm. We just finished episode one of The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power which is a little bit uh, cumbersome in the old mouth hole of the title there. Let's just call it Rings of Power. But that's not the title. We can call it Rope. It's technically Rop. T-Rop. It's you Trop. with R-O-P? Yeah, you know me. Yeah, you know me. Yeah. Any hoozle. There's two episodes that dropped on uh, Amazon Prime Video tonight. We just watched the first one because you know our style. We watch an episode one at a time, and then we hop up on the mics to talk about what we had just witnessed. We had a tough time streaming this. Yeah. Uh, hopefully that means that the show's doing very well. Yeah, we had some Vernon Durgan's problems <laughs> or whatever it was. <laughs> the German error that popped up. Uh, Varen, boom, Varen boom problem? Something like that. Yeah, it, t- it took it, what, like maybe five extra minutes for them to actually upload episode yeah, at, one. At yeah, 9 episode PM, two was available right at, away. Yeah, 9 p.m. episode two was available. Mm-hmm. Episode one was not. So that was Bumble number one. Yeah, and then halfway through, the, like Amazon just crashed and we couldn't log back on. And every time we were trying to log back, on Amazon kept getting giving us a different error message, but in different languages. Yeah, so error messages was, in German. Vernister. Yeah, we got. A, I think Japanese. Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> what if they were trying to do like a Star Wars thing and nobody got it, and they're like, "Oh shit!" Okay, let's just start with episode one. Oh, they, you know what I'm saying like start with episode yeah, four. Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah, you go backwards. Go with that. Yeah. <laughs> Bezos, you did it! Congratulations! <laughs> Congratulations! Somebody got fired. Hopefully it was crashing because it was so busy because yeah, this is the totally. most expensive show ever made. Uh, cost over a billion dollars, I believe mm. for season one. It's ridiculous. Of Lord of the Rings, the rings of power. So does this mean Jeff Bezos is literally like a big fan of Tolkien? I think so. Really? Okay. I believe he is. Mm, interesting. He's a big Who's fan of a lot of things. Space. People yeah, peeing in bottles while they're at work. Capitalism. He ain't a big fan of unions. No, <laughs> we know that about Bezos. Uh, but we are big fans of Lord of the Rings. So we've been, you know, like many anticipating this show for what do you would uh, a year now, two years, at least a couple of days. Been, <laughs> Definitely <laughs> a, couple a couple weeks. Of, yeah. You know, we've been really excited about it. Uh, so what we're going to do for those that don't know, if you're new to the show, we've been covering House of the Dragon um, every Sunday when episodes drop on Monday. And uh, we're sort of well known for our Stranger Things coverage. And then in between big tentpole shows, we cover, uh, you know, not random because we select them, but mm. movies and TV shows that we've been watching recently. We'll deep dive into them. Uh, our patrons vote on a lot of those uh, that we cover, stuff like that. So that's mm-hmm. what we do here. So what we're going to do is give overall thoughts on episode one of the Rings of Power. And then uh, after that, we'll dive in into a scene by scene, break it down, what we think happened, and then do what we call second breakfast, which is uh, pick out some maybe like lore tidbits, uh, maybe Easter eggs. I don't think that really that term applies to Lord first yet. breakfast. Yes. But mm-hmm. what about second breakfast? And then we go into 11s. No, then we go into <laughs> uh, what we call the old Toby segment. So we find our three favorite moments of the episode uh, and break those down for you. The finest moments in the South Farley. 
And then what did you call our fall? Oh, that's good. <laughs> nice. And then we, uh, it was right there. I know. And I didn't pick that fruit. <laughs> uh, Steve, what is the, the best performance section called? Uh, the best performance section is called one performance to rule them all. Again, the fruit right there. Yeah. Low hanging. hanging. It's just hanging low. It's so low. You don't even have to look, tilt your head up. It's at like it. hobbit low. Yeah. Harfoot low. Mm hmm. Um, so that's the way the structure of the show is going to look. So let's dive right in. Overall thoughts, you know, no spoilers for anybody who might not have seen it or anything. Was this had an episode? Did this, uh, did this have an episode title? I mean, didn't even have an episode when it first popped up. <laughs> that is for sure. <laughs> but no, it just said uh, episode one at the time. It's probably like HBO Max. Like I bet the title has loaded up by now. Mm. But if if there's a title to this episode, I don't know it. I'll be honest. Just call part one, man. That's I know cool. my name's Chris, but I'm going to be frank right now. Mm-hmm. Do not know the episode. That was very frank of you. Mm. But mm. Uh, Steve, what'd you think, buddy? Your overall thoughts, your impression. You've been waiting for this for a long time. I know you're a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Uh, did it live up to your expectations? Did you have any expectations? I don't know. Well, if IMDb, IMDb is to believe this episode is titled A Shadow of the Past. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, so going into this show, I was 100% honest to God Hand on my heart, worried as all hell. I was really kind of, I didn't know how the show was going to go. I know for weeks we've been hyping, like we're going to cover Rings of Power. We're huge Lord of the Rings fans here and we can't wait for this. But honestly, I kept kind of looking at this venture over the horizon thinking, I watch it, but I don't have a lot of confidence in it. And then this morning there was that uh, entertainment weekly video that popped up on online and everyone was saying it was the show intro and it looked awful, <laughs> like hilariously bad. Like I, I, I could whip that up in 10 minutes at work bad. Dude, I wish so desperately that that was real. And that like <laughs> it would have been great if you hadn't seen it. It's literally just like, imagine a dark room and then one by one, each character of the show just becomes illuminated in the light as they look at the camera and give a knowing nod. It's like a PBS <laughs> show thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Like a soap opera intro. A lot of people online were making really great memes of like, this is me when I'm really high as fuck at the mall, walking past people and stuff like right. that. Uh, but luckily that wasn't the case, at least on this episode, we still got to wait till it's hundred percent, not the intro. What if it was though? It's got entertain. Oh if there's God, an I entertainment weekly watermark very clearly in the bottom, right? What if it was though? <laughs> Can you imagine? That'd be weird for Entertainment Weekly. Uh, okay, so so that said, I, I was going into the show very trepidatiously. Sure, and good word. On the, the first, I don't know what ten minutes, five minutes, fucking rocked. I love the first few minutes of this episode so much. I was like super into it. I really liked what it was what they were doing. I think the middle kind of dips for me, like interest wise. There's a couple characters, and we'll get into the overall thoughts. I think. I'm a little concerned about one very specific thing about the characters in this episode. And, sure. And we'll dive into that a little bit later uh, here. But but then at the end, it brought me back. Like, oh, okay, yeah. Uh, so I can see. They pulled me back in. They went, I thought I was out. They pulled me back in. Can I ask uh, briefly, like, what was the source of your trepidation? Just because uh, I'm not super, I wasn't thrilled with like Amazon's, what was it, Wheel of Time? Wheel of Time, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their, their previous fantasy jaunts mm -hmm. um, and just the idea of taking this lauded, you know, just incredible film franchise that we all know and love, like to a T, right? Like there's so much about Lord of the Rings that were important to all, all of us our age kind of growing up. So I was sure. kind of worried, like, how are they going to... It's big shoes to fill. Very big shoes. And I think it's impossible to fully fill them. 
Um, but luckily, this first episode eased my we mind. We can a stuff bit. them. Yeah, we can stuff them. We could put like some fun little special effects and stuff those shoes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like some socks. Uh, but overall, I, I left happy. I think if I were to give it like a, a grade, I would give it like a, a, a solid B first episode. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see if they can keep going on the success of uh, only getting better from here. Awesome. Andy, what were your thoughts on episode one, The Shadow of the Past? You know, Chris, I'm glad you asked. Mm. I fucking loved it, dude. It was so good. It was so good. I also was very trepidatious. I honestly thought this, this was going to be kind of bad and that we were going to be stuck in it for the long haul and that the podcast was kind of going to turn into making fun of this show as, as it continues and and, and stayed bad, but oh, we'll still lovingly make fun of it. Yeah. And and we were anyway, (laughs) it's the best part about watching the show with you guys or any show that we watch together, like even if it is fantastic, we are sitting there making fun of it while it's happening because it's just a good time. Yeah. Listen to our previous Lord of the Rings episodes for the movies. And you can tell just how much love we have for that series, but we still kind of poke fun at it all the time. I I can't wait to start doing the watch alongs for the Patreon because it's going to be a lot of fun to get to share those little moments with us. Um, but no, I, uh, I, I also, uh, was very nervous that this was going to be awful. And, um, you know, in, in some weird part of me that's always like a purist and I'm like, oh, the original was good. Leave it alone. I don't want a sequel to The Last of Us kind of thing. I was like kind of hoping that it wasn't going to be that good because I'm like, you deserve that, Jeff Bezos, for trying to pick up where Lord of the Rings <laughs> left off. Um, but no, it's it's really good from like the very beginning when, when we get like the uh, once again, Galadriel um opening monologue and uh every character that was introduced i care about and i feel like i understand like motivation and where the story could potentially be leading them i don't know all of their names which is really weird but uh like if we didn't have subtitles then uh i I would be struggling to know who just about anybody but galadriel was and harold um (laughs) but uh no i i i think it's fantastic i think that um the design tone and um general vibe uh feels like lord of the rings to me and um yeah i I had a fantastic time with it and i can't wait it's a solid a minus for me a minus we got b and we got a minus Chris, it's all down to you. Since when did we give fucking letter grades? I don't know. We just, you, you started. He did. I he did. started a new tradition. I did. That's a short slang for tradition. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Uh, Thank I was not. I, I wasn't trepidatious. Uh, I was kind of ambivalent, right? Like, I definitely think that uh, the Wheel of Time was an epic failure. Um, did you finish it? No. Yeah. And I rarely don't finish something. If I, you know, I watched four episodes of that and, uh, just kind of lackluster the whole way for me. And I read book one of the wheel of time series. I wasn't like a huge, uh, hugely invested in the Robert Jordan series, but I knew of it and I wanted it to be good. I always want something to be good. Cause I want to have fun. I want to enjoy it and spend, you know, have a good use of my time. So anyway, uh, but I was, I was hoping it was really good. And I knew with the money that they spent, it was at least most likely going to have great choreography, great acting. And it does, it, it's gorgeous. Um, it, the costumes are amazing. Like Steve pointed out, like, hopefully this will take off because we'll get a lot of really cool cosplay. Was that Andy? Oh, that was Andy. Andy yeah. said that. That was a good, you know, comic. Cause like the armor, the, the costumes are great. I, I think, I think it's really well written as far as dialogue. Dude, Aaron um, Deere's chess piece is so badass. I want that. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. And I, I thought the dialogue was really good, which you, is almost the toughest part. And I think in my, in high fantasy, mm. um, because you try to capture, even though it's not based on our 
universe so you can make them talk however you want almost everyone opts for like what we perceive as like medieval, medieval english, english right yeah. uh tell me where is gandalf where i would much desire to speak with him because <laughs> you need that you know because if, if, if it was high fantasy and elves walked up like what up such is. <laughs> it'd be weird so uh but it's often weird or awesome it's it's <laughs> often kind want. of corny what it is my elves <laughs> so you know i had Shit, a, I, I had a great time i think i'm closer to to steve's estimation of episode one like I, I thought it was great i was very entertained um it wasn't like a complete knock out of the park mm. but i think that they drop two episodes and though this is technically the pilot, I think they fully intend you to binge them both. Mm-hmm. We, 100%. because, because of the way we do our podcast, we, we stopped after episode one to cover it. Um, so I think that once I finish the second episode, it'll, I'll be a hundred percent sold on what's going on. That's my theory. Um, so I, I'm more of toward the BB plus. I'm going to give a letter grade BB eight because there was some drooping there for me, but mm-hmm. also we had all those technological issues where, you know, like the episode crashed, the app crashed several yeah, we times. Had that Van so Durger's problem kept taking me out of Linden. Um, so yeah, those are our overall thoughts. Generally, very positive from all three of us. We had a great time. We're excited to keep uh, watching the show. Hopefully, you enjoyed it as well. Let's go into our our deep dive, scene by scene. Um, and anyone that hasn't seen it yet can tune on out because this is where we get spoilers. But opens right off the bat, we get a Galadriel voiceover. And uh, we're very much familiar with Galadriel voiceovers here, right? Mm-hmm. We love to see it. Very much intentional to match that up with the Lord of the Rings films. And we should say this place, this story takes place a full 3,000 years before the events that we know from The Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, so this is the second age. And what we're used to is in the third age. Uh, it doesn't Gandalf at one point, the line, right, is uh, the year 34, 34 of the second age, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dude, you crushed it. So this is <laughs> exactly right. This is this is right around there, right? Um, so, yeah, we get the Galadriel voiceover, but it's a younger Galadriel. Mm-hmm. And uh, the world has changed. It's kind of changing again. <laughs> and we get kind of like the whole creation story of the entire universe in this one, because we're so far back. That's what we're getting, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. Um we got we got Morgoth being evil and poisoning the well. well yeah, it starts you know? off with kind of like the voiceover, but then you get to see Galadriel as a, a little elf kid playing with her other little elf kids. She, yeah, and she, she built she, like a paper boat to sail plane. down the river. We all float down here. Yeah, there's like a Pennywise reference there. It's weird. It'll never float. Yeah. Hiya, Georgie. I told you it won't float. I, I love how they're all immortal elves, right? But there's still like one kid who's just an asshole, yeah. even amongst <laughs> immortal elves. Like, fuck that boat. <laughs> That's just apparently it's not human nature. It's just yeah, she did the nature some of the world. Awesome origami swan boat. Yeah, like the dude from Blade Runner would have been stoked. Oh, oh yeah, he oh, Gaff would have loved that shit. Is that his man. name, Gaff? Yeah, yeah, that's a nice paper boat. <laughs> I told you to float, but then again, who does? <laughs> <laughs> I have to say though that the uh, paper boat, the uh, effects on it, had me nervous for what the special effects of the show were going to be. Like when the boat unfurled, you didn't yeah, like that. It, it was like, mm, that looks super duper fast. I've seen better boats. That's what yeah, you were thinking. Exactly. I've seen better. So you you would have been the kid that threw a rock at that boat, Andy. No. I, I that just boat's would've. not going to float. <laughs> Told you it wouldn't float. <laughs> um, hey, you threw a giant fucking rock in it. Yeah, <laughs> but it didn't float. <laughs> that wasn't the experiment we were running, though. <laughs> All right. 
Yeah, and then she's like beats up that kid. I'm like, yeah, get his ass. That kid's dumb. <laughs> so here's what I love. This is one thing that I love about this episode. Uh, the characterization of Galadriel, right? Because we, we get to see very little of Kate Blanchett's version of Galadriel, even in the extended versions, like relatively speaking, right? But w- what we do know about her, she's really old. Mm-hmm. She's really powerful. Uh, she's very beautiful and very kind, but at the same time has a raging temper, like a darkness about her that can surface. We get to see that in the Lord of the Rings movies. And they, instead of a king, you would have a queen. A queen. Dark, but beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> powerful as a storm. Something like that. Uh, and then we get to see that in this, like in both the young girl version of Galadriel and the, you know, the older woman version of Galadriel, we get to see that fiery temper. You know, the little kid knocks the uh, dude, the asshole kid over and, mm-hmm. and she knocks the dog shit out of him. She's about to, she's about yeah. to pummel him until her brother Fenrod shows up. I just thought that was really cool. You know, I thought, hey, I, I can actually imagine this being the same person as the Galadriel I know. Mm-hmm. That's a good start, right? Oh, um, yeah. And then, yeah, then essentially she has a long talk with with her brother, Finrod. He basically cheers her up, gives her a great metaphor about, uh, you know, how boats float and why rocks sink. He's completely ignorant of physics. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) You know why a boat floats in a ship or a rock doesn't? Rocks because a rock down. looks down. She's like, is, is that how it works? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> and he didn't know. I don't. I you don't didn't know about the rocks always looking down. <laughs> I mean, we all saw everything everywhere all at once. Rocks do have eyes. Oh, boats look up. That's why they float. Yeah. So then uh, she gives him a pep talk and and she asks him. Uh, I forget something about the boat floating. Probably a deep physics question. He whispers his answer, mm-hmm. and we don't get to hear it. Uh, and then she, well, he says that the boats look up to the light and she says, sometimes the light's just reflected just as brightly by the water. Yeah, that's so how right. How am I supposed to know which way to look? And then he gives her the answer, but we don't get to hear it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Very lost in translation of them. Yeah. The voiceover starts to talk about Morgoth, uh, and Morgoth is a, a Valar. And the Valar are basically gods. They were what existed before the universe existed. And mm-hmm. Morgoth is one of them. Apparently, he's an asshole, uh, like the little kid with the mm-hmm. rock. And so he. So what you're saying is we need less goth. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being ready with the I'm rim ready. shot that time, baby. I got the appropriate uh, soundboard ready to go, my guys. You've had your finger just hovering over that button for a <laughs> minute. As soon as I wrote Morgoth, I'm like, oh, I fucking know. <laughs> so I know what's going down. Morgoth starts wrecking house uh, and starts to kind of destroy or, or raise hell on Valinor. And Valinor is like heaven, basically. So this is like a celestial battle that the elves are privy to at this point. Yeah, he poisons their light, literally. like the Literally. Light, the light of the world. They never had darkness before yeah the, the light of their world is literally being broadcasted from i guess the world tree i'm not super steeped in the lore so mm. forgive me if because i know these things have names but i don't know them um and he literally poisons them and creates the darkness and they didn't even have words I'll, for death i'll educate you on the tree in the in the second breakfast second breakfast second breakfast oh so, i can't wait um, all i'm what about some designer uh played a little bit of elden ring because that tree was ripped straight out of elden ring i mean how many different like or was fantasy trees elden can ring, you have bro Rip straight out of the Silmarillion. Mm. Boom. Mm. Yeah, this is a much older text, Andrew. Probably right. And George Martin wrote Elden Ring, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> he really yeah, did. He helped write it with uh, Miyazaki. A huge fan of Tolkien, for oh, sure. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, really? I did not. Well, educating you, my guy. Literally, Lord of the Rings, my fandom literally begins and ends at the movies. Like I've, I've tried reading the books, and I, but I can't read them. It's too, they're too dense. And you should you read would, The Hobbit. It's, it's for children's book. It, it's, oh, thank you. No, 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 no. It, it's for children's children from like the fucking 1950s. So it's like pretty dense for a kid's book. 
Um, but it's, it's really, a much really easier read than the trilogy, <laughs> but the trilogy is actually, you know, it's got some like long winded verbose passages, but the Silmarillion with the text on which this is based, like the ancient history of the world is unreadable. Un- un- it's, unreadable. It's like reading yes. the Bible for mm-hmm. fun, right? yeah. which literally no one does. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Uh, but so anyway, they, they, the, the elves leave Valinor and they go to middle earth, a land that we're familiar with. Uh, we see some like montages of them battling with orcs. Uh, Finrod falls Dude, that, uh, <laughs> that quick little battle that they show where, uh, the, what the fell beast like takes down an Eagle, but then the Eagle crashes through like a burning yeah. something yeah. and then catches on fire and crashes to the ground. I'm like, Oh, okay. Oh, Fuck yeah, here we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Dude. I'm all about this. I like fell beasts. I like I, I love seeing a fell beast. I love seeing the eagles. I like the eagles. eagles dude, it was that was such a beautiful shot to like uh Fendor like fighting and screaming out whatever elvish thing. Finrod. Finrod that they, they didn't translate it, but like his eyes are tearing up and like it looks like they're losing the fight. And in that voiceover, they're saying like that the battle destroyed Middle Earth and that they thought they said it was gonna be quick and it lasted centuries and mm-hmm. stuff. And like the voiceover and like the the beauty beauty of that shot pulling back and like it, it it just looked so good yeah and like that was when i was like oh we're back it felt so yep. good to settle into the lord of the rings feel there's that and there's a point when uh one of the orcs that he's fighting get, just gets like an arrow in the mouth and he turns around and stabs two orcs in one go yeah. to me that was like so like oh this feels just like the action from the old movies like even those orcs look so look dead good. on like oh it was that this one's that one scene really is what really kind of sold you on it. Yeah. I was like, I'm in. Yeah. I'm fucking in. I saw an Eagle on fire. I'm in. He chugged, <laughs> he chugged all the Kool-Aid. I did. I like the writing. I love the line yeah. where, uh, Morford Clark as Galadriel says, uh, we didn't even have a word for death. And then, you know, fast forward a little bit later during the midst of that battle, you hear her voiceover say, we learned many words for death. And mm-hmm. then it cuts to this like gigantic grotesque, stack of skulls like a mountain of skulls which i presume are elf skulls that shot reminded me of 300 just that yeah yeah no yeah i I said that when we were watching it too i I think it was helmets not skulls but yeah um it it, it reminded me a lot of that too they have like the stack of the bodies and then they like push it over something in 300 right i don't recall over the cliff yeah it's like a trap um but yeah uh stylistically reminded me it was probably shot on the like the volume right Possibly. I mean, a lot of this. So that's where you're getting that like 300 vibe because that was 100% well, digital. Well, I think it was just the composition of like this, like insanely over dramatic pile of helmets and yeah. then her just the composition of the way the shot is felt. And then also it was like filmed with like in a very sepia orange and gold color. Yeah, it was like it was very tone. operatic, like uh, much of the tone of 300 was. I can I can definitely see that. But just just that like one shot, really, like that's the only only time I was really thinking like, oh, there's mm-hmm. like 300. Yeah. And then we find out Sauron exists, right? Uh, who is someone we know. Another amazing shot. And he works. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. That was cool. That's why that so cool. when it's like, I think they're in some sort of cave looking out the mouth of the cave and the camera's kind of sweeping over the hordes of orcs and they're parting ways to make room for Sauron and his silhouette is captured in the mouth of the yeah. cave. Oh, hell yeah. Like a dark sorcerer or something. It was super bad. And he works for Morgoth and Morgoth gets defeated, but not before Sauron kills Finrod. Right. And leaves his little uh, pitchfork, his calling card <laughs> symbol on there. Yeah, He's like the Joker of this world. It's a cool symbol. I wonder how I got these scars. That's Sauron. Oh, please. I hope not. <laughs> what are you going to do once you I conquer the whole world with the one ring? I'm like a dog. 
dog chasing cars. That's what he says. Oh no. He's like the Joker from Jersey. That's how Sauron talks. <laughs> Does he? Where'd I park my car? <laughs> uh, I need some fucking orcs over here. So then we cut to Galadriel takes the sword off of Finrod's dead body. So hopefully it's not like a ceremonial thing where they get buried with their swords in elven culture because she took it. Mm. Uh, but that was symbolic. She took his sword. So his mission was to hunt down Sauron. And now Galadriel has taken that upon herself. She becomes the uh, commander of the Northern armies, I think is what it said. Um, and she starts scouring the earth for centuries, literal centuries looking for Sauron because they were defeated, but some of the orcs dispersed and Sauron left. And so there's still evil afoot out there somewhere. Right. And we cut to her and her little crew, uh, Ice climbing, which is what they do in their free time. I guess elves are like Swedish folk. They just do that for fun. Is that what Swedish folk do? <laughs> I think yeah, so. Man. We have listeners in Sweden. Let us know. But almost guaranteed you climb a lot of ice, right? Word. That or you're a chef. Yes. Two things. <laughs> That's the only two things. Yeah. Uh, and then we got uh, Paul Dano looking guy wants to give up. It's like her second in command. Uh, she's she's obsessed with this mission. Everybody else is like, there's no reason to be out here. Sauron's already left. We haven't seen an orc in 300 years. They really I'm hammered, cold. They really hammered that home with that guy. Literally, anytime that guy is on screen, he's like, I think we should go home. Now. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, we found the, the sign. Oh, cool. Can we go home now? <laughs> I'm pretty tired. Pretty there's, tired. A snow, there's a snow troll. Oh, does that mean we can go home then? Yeah, snow trolls are good <laughs> symbols of going home. I think we're in I think we're in its home. We should leave its home <laughs> and go to our home. I'm saying, have you thought of home recently? They're like playing baseball out back and he's like, home run. <laughs> what we should do. Make a home run. Elvish baseball. <laughs> yeah, so they do. Other than ice climbing and chefing. Uh, so then anyway, they're going through this snowstorm. They find it, right? I don't know what it is, but they find it some sort of outpost that they've been looking for that they knew to be in this area. It's the area where, uh, other the people have tried fled. to find it and nobody found it. Yeah. The, the, the orcs fled there after the initial defeat, right? Uh, many hundreds of years prior to what we're seeing. Uh, and some cool things like when they get inside, it's, uh, that's for a second breakfast, but they get in there. There's no heat coming off of the torches. One of the elves is kind of stupid. And he's like, uh, I guess I can't feel him. I'm numb. And I she's can't like, feel my fingies. No, your fingies are fine. There's no heat coming off there because it's so evil in here. Again, oh, no real knowledge of science. We should go home then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no real knowledge of science in no this land. No heat. That doesn't seem safe. <laughs> you know where there's heat? Yes, um, we know. Carl. That's his name. <laughs> uh, and then, so they... they they find this little castle thing and they're going through there and they find the ring joint. Like that's what I called it. The ring joint. What's clearly uh, a little uh, workstation where Sauron has attempted to build the the rings of power. It's his little anvil and like pliers and the of giant doom. pliers of yeah, doom. Yeah, man. Casa doom. <laughs> and they see his symbol on there. Yeah. And, the, and they, they look in the workbench and it's like, it says Sauron was here. <laughs> yeah, that's basically <laughs> what that symbol says. He's like a little kid carving that everywhere he goes. Um, I wonder if that's on somebody's butt cheeks somewhere. <laughs> oh, you know, Sauron's putting that on ass cheeks. <laughs> After he claps him. Yeah. Gotta put my mark. Sauron was here. <laughs> but we don't know how long it's been. <laughs> oh, it was about four weeks ago. <laughs> he seduced me. Sorry. Time to go home now. <laughs> yeah. so I want then, to go home. I think what we're supposed to understand there is that he's attempted to build the rings of power to forge them and failed because that's what Galadriel says. What if he's off finishing whatever evil he started and failed here? 
something. Mm-hmm, right. What she said. Cause, cause she's like, we need to continue going North. Right. Yeah. She wants mm-hmm. to push on. And so I love that the Paul Dano guy's bitch ass face. Cause he's been wanting to go home for literal a hundred years. Very flat face. And they finally find what he didn't believe existed. And she sees that as evidence that she was right. And they need to push on. He sees it as, Oh, thank God. We finally got here. Too bad. There was nothing here. I guess we should go home. Uh, and then after they fight the snow troll, which is pretty awesome fight. That was a cool looking troll. Can yeah. we just talk about how I love the, the design? The monster of design troll. of the troll was, was good. Yeah. It had like a almost uh bat like face to it. And sure. Uh, and it's like, it, it, I just love all the elves kind of getting their, their bow and arrows ready. Like, as soon as he comes down that hallway, we're going to, we're going to get him. We're going to hunger games him. And then, giant. And, and then it just throws a fucking refrigerator size piece of <laughs> ice at him. That was either a stalactite or a stalagmite. I can never be sure. Oh, well, we didn't see where he ripped it from, so. Yeah, so we don't know the difference. So we don't yeah, know. We can't yeah. tell. Also, yeah. tight hangs from the ceiling and might pushes up from the ground, but I don't, I have no Yeah, we don't know which one, too. though. Oh, they, oh, you can't tell when they're flying through the air. Because oh. off camera, we don't know if he yeah. ripped it off the ground or the yeah. ceiling. Yeah. But anyway, it's hopefully, either a stalactite or a stalagmite. Hopefully the showrunners will answer these questions. Yeah. I wish one day we get to <laughs> interview. No. Like when we get to interview Morphid Clark, <laughs> this is the kind of shit I'm going to write down. Yeah. Do you think that was a stalactite or a stalagmite? Just wondering. Oh, the Zoom call ended. Weird. <laughs> we must have lost the signal. She went home. We're having some Virgendirgen problems. <laughs> I do love how uh, the Paul Dano elf used he because we commented earlier on when you when you first see him and he's like, I want to go home. He had like the longest fucking pommel of the they longest all did, sword. Because I found out later Galadriel had the same sword. And apparently that sword ain't for fighting. It's for parkour. Yes. <laughs> he, and so he's like, he just. Without saying a word, because they're, they're, they're a team, right? Yeah. He just throws Evidencing his, that he's done this many times, yeah, like in training like, at least. Fuck, pulls it out and lays it out. He makes a dope-ass ramp with his sword, uh-huh. and Galadriel just runs up it and wrecks this uh, Snow Troll's day, rendering him only slightly less useless than everyone else in their company. <laughs> I mean, they're all completely duds. Not a Legolas among them. Bunch of fuddy-duddies. Not even a they're, Celeborn. Not even a Figwit in this group. <laughs> no. Not even a Figwit. <laughs> Do you guys even remember who Figwood is? No. He's Brett McKenzie's character in the original Lord of the Rings movies. He's the one who's like, uh, when they're, when they're, I remember wa- a Flitwick. My lady. That's the professor that in Harry Potter. Yeah. My lady. That yeah. one. Yeah. When okay. they're, when they're, when they're, when, she, when, uh, Arwen's supposed to be going to the boats to go back to Valinor and Ooh. she decides to leave. And then he's like, my lady, where are you going? <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that's yeah. Figwit. That, that, that sounds like a second Brecky to me, my dude. <laughs> Oh yeah, sorry. Nice. I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna and say it again later. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil you guys with some third brecky. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, then they all throw down their swords. And they're like, "Look, we're not going anywhere else. We're going home. We're with him." Uh, and then they, uh, presumably they go home. Well, they drew their swords. And I was like, "Oh shit, they about to fight." But they were like, "No, we're just gonna set these down." Yeah, no, 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 we don't want no smoke. Clearly, compared <laughs> compared to the L, uh, the snow troll, we're nothing. Yeah. If so you, we're just going to set these down. You can wreck us. We're just going to yeah. put our swords down. She's useless without my no catapult. Yeah. Rusher. <laughs> and they were like, nah, I don't think so. I think she's got more up her sleeve than the catapult trick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get to the title card, finally, at this point, after the elves bitch out. Uh, and they use the same font as as the Lord of the Lotter. Rings movies. So Trop is the same as Lotter, as mm-hmm. far as font goes. It's both. They're all papyrus. Trop, Lotter. Uh, the new Avatar ditch papyrus, I'm just telling I you. I saw that. Yeah. Very, very disappointing. Very upsetting. Yes, very very upsetting. Dis- at this point, they should have leaned into the meme. Yeah. Somebody should have told James, that's what you do at this point. You lean in. <laughs> I know what you did. <laughs> it's like HBO Max content. You lean in. You lean in. Yeah. yeah. It's not. He pulled uh, a discovery. Avatar, that movie from leaned like back years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
And we cut to after the title card, we get some like moose people, like two guys with some giant moose or there's mm-hmm. antlers. Are there still antlers. considered antlers? Yeah, I think those are some monster fucking antlers. Yeah, monster dude. moose as like a backpack. Thing. I don't see any practical function for them. Are they, Unless are they they're, aesthetic? Well, they're hunters, so maybe they're trying to like blend them with the environment. We're like, just a moose. <laughs> moose. We're just two moose. moose. Just moosing around over just here. What if they're using some eggs? the curvature of the moose antlers to bounce the sound up to their ears so they can hear. I, yeah, I, I was trying to figure out the practical function. Uh, are they what if they humans? Use, what if they use the antlers to rattle your dog, your dags? Yeah, they do. They are dag rattlers. <laughs> and we dag find rattlers. that out. There's some good, like, I assume cursing in this show. Some colloquial curse words or, yeah. or idioms, if you will. Yeah, I don't know what rattle your dags means, but as soon as that dude apparently said it, it means I'm like right in the. Dirt. So here's my theory. Dags are feet. Oh, get your feet, get moving. And rattle your dags. Let's get on out of here. Yeah. Okay. Rattle your dags. I'm going to start saying that when we got to leave in a hurry. Come on, guys. Rattle your dags. Let's rattle some dags and move on. (laughs) (laughs) But were they humans? That's what I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Okay. So they were, they were Mm -hmm. men. They were definitely travelers of not of that area because. Well, because uh, later what confused me is we travel to like the land of men. Southlands. About a half an hour from now. And it seemed really far away from where we're at with Nori and the gang. Uh, well, the, Nori and the gang do say like they don't they obviously don't get a lot of uh, people not from hunters. their area. And yeah. th- they're using the, the the travel of the hunters in some way to kind of tell what time of year it is, I think. Yeah. Because uh, what's his name? So- Sacco. I, f- I wrote his name, but I can't find it in my notes. Sadok. Sad- Sadok like brings out a book and kind of like, where do, where's the, the logo of moose dudes? Oh, there are the moose dudes. Yeah. Oh, they're early. Yeah, it's a rudimentary language. Mm-hmm. They usually come around moose fall. <laughs> which is their seasons. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, then what looks like the lost boys pop up uh, like uh, some Rufio's and shit out of nowhere, out of the brush. They were all hiding and this whole the civilization Pan lost boys, not yeah. the key for Sutherland. Yes. Lost boys. Not referencing the Patreon episode. Yeah. No vampires. And I, I guess because we get the hairy feet, the hairy shoeless feet. So mm-hmm. the, are these like the predecessors of hobbits? Pro- proto hobbits. That's proto hobbits. what I thought. Yeah. The, the Harfoot clan. Uh, Harfeet? Is that the plural of Harfoot? Maybe. Like proud feet? Proud foot. Proud feet. Proud feet. And so Nori is our main character of, of the Harfoot folk. Uh, her name is Eleanor Brandy Brandyfoot. Brandyfoot. Eleanor Brandyfoot. She goes by Nori. Sadok is uh, the old man who's like the kind of the captain of the tribe. And he's the like soothsayer. the soothsayer. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like the, the medicine man. Uh, and then we got Malva is like kind of her motherly figure. And Poppy is one of the kids she has to watch. Those are the names I caught. Oh, Poppy. Among the hard foot. Did you catch her friend's name? I didn't catch her friend's name. That Nori Sadok Malva Poppy is all I got. Okay. Mm. Damn it. face. Yeah. Uh, And so Nori's out babysitting and she's well known as a troublemaker. She's like the Bilbo of the hard foot clan, right? Because she's Mm -hmm. wanting to travel. She's a little too curious. She wants to go on that adventure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe there, maybe back again. We don't know yet. We don't know. We'll find out. Probably. I can, we can safely assume. A hard foot's tale. By Nori. Brandy. Brandy foot. Foot. Yeah. The fact that it's also foot keeps throwing me off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and she's out trying to find berries, trips and balls with the kids, which is a little weird. Uh, and then they find a paw print. There's a big, that's the scariest fucking wolf thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It had like horns instead of teeth coming out of its jaws. Yeah. That's an inbred horse. If I've ever seen <laughs> yeah, that is one inbred wolf. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you say, Andy? I said, that is one rattled dag. They rattled that, the fuck out of that dag. I would have rattled my dags if I'd seen it. Mm-hmm. That is mm-hmm. the rattlest of dags if I've ever seen one. 
And then we cut to, uh, after that, we cut to Linden, which is like the capital of the elves. And uh, we get to see a young Elrond. Harold. Yeah. So his title. <laughs> Elrond. Elrond is the Herald of the Elves. It's a title. And Steve thought his name was no Harold. No shit. He said, I had no idea Elrond's name was Harold. <laughs> I, yeah, I was laughing. About, Are you telling me that for all these goddamn years, we haven't known that Elrond's full name is Harold? <laughs> yes. Yeah, his full name is Paul. Hanging out with old James Gandalf over here. <laughs> James Gandolfini. <laughs> James. <laughs> that was great, guys. Some great improv there. Does El- but Elrond is he, it's just his name, right? He, uh, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. His name is Elrond. He doesn't have a, a longer surname in Elvish that they just don't talk about. He in is the no. Films? Well, I'm I'm sure he has a last name of some kind or something, but. I don't know it. Okay. But it cannot be pronounced by the tongues of men. But he is the herald of King Gilgalad, High King Gilgalad. So he writes all the king's speeches and stuff. And that's what he's doing when we first see him. He's laboring over a a fire-ass ceremonial speech that the Mm -hmm. king's about to have to deliver. And he gets gets told that his buddy Galadriel has just arrived. Uh, And some weird line about how he's not allowed to attend the council. But Uh, then he was there. So I don't know what's up. Yeah, I'm confused by that. Uh, but we we find I out. Loved, I loved what you said when we were when we were watching the episode, and the the woman's like, "You're not allowed to attend the council," and you're like, "But it is a council of Elrond, right, like <laughs> literally." What? But Rivendell doesn't exist yet that I'm aware of, so he's no big deal yet. Mm. One that's, day, three thousand years later, one day, council uh, of Harold a couple of times. We're like, we need to change this. Name. Yeah, this name is terrible. <laughs> uh, so we find I do out. Think that that act. Sorry, uh, that actor that plays Elrond in this. Um, I'm scrambling to find his name, Robert. Arameo, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I think he does crush the the young Elrond look. Oh shit! I think I just remembered where I knew him from. Didn't he play a young uh, Ned, Ned Stark? Stark? He did. Yes, he did. He okay. did. Hundred percent. I was like, was I know Ned. this face. Absolutely, that's awesome. It's also in the King's Crossover. Man. How about that? Who was he in the King's Man? Uh, he played Sergeant Major Atkins. Mm, don't remember. And yep, he was in four episodes of uh, Game of Thrones as young Ned. He's the one that fought Arthur Dane and almost died. Now it ends. But Howland Reed saved him. So it begins and so it ends. So any hoozle, we find out he's Galadriel's friend, which is neat. And the High King is pissed. So basically Galadriel shows up thinking that she's going to get the High King's support because all these bitch ass elves left me. And he's like, actually, uh, you've been Frank. I'm going to be Frank. You're keeping it real. I'm going to keep it real. High King was on their side. He thinks that you're on some bullshit he running around is. spending elf money on these voyages. Uh, so basically everybody wants he to He was put- being magnanimalistic. Magnanimity. Magnanimity. His magnanimity. He's been treating you with some magnum opus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the word. You nailed it, Steve. <laughs> Crushing it. Comely. He's, that's his Harold couldn't have said it better. <laughs> um, so basically, the High King wants to put his head in the sand, and most of the elves are in agreement. Look, we don't know where Sauron is. We don't know where the other orcs are, but let's just put this behind us, okay? Mm-hmm. We haven't seen them in centuries. Fuck it. Let's party again. Let's go back to Valinor, toot some of that Afrin seed. We're going to launch so many fireworks. So many goddamn fireworks tonight. They are tonight. awesome. Let's just party. Gandalf would have been proud. Mm-hmm. So we cut back to after that, he basically convinces her, don't say that to the king. The king's going to uh, pretend like you didn't piss him off. He's going to award you some things, make you a hero of this of He's this got this campaign. cool little hat. He made it himself. He's been working on it all night. Mm-hmm. It's made of leaves and stuff. You'll see it's great. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, just pretend you did. Uh, but don't worry, he's going to give a fire-ass speech. I wrote it. 
Just pretend everything's good. That's his advice. I love how they keep cutting to him as he's saying the speech and Elrond's like mouthing it like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I crushed it with these words. <laughs> he did. And we had to find out the sentence that he was working on was finished and perfect. And we cut back to uh, the brandy foots or brandy feats, depending on how they pluralize it. And uh, the Harfoots rather, but the mm. brandy foot is the family. Yeah, the brandy foots of the Harfoots. They're busting up snails and she's talking to Malva and uh, basically Malva's saying, you're always on some bullshit. Wanting to go other places, <laughs> being too curious. Malva the mama. Malva's the mama. Uh-huh. And then pa- Pappy the papa. This is this is where the feed for Amazon Prime froze for us. And it was really funny because uh, it was when, when she hands her the berry. Nori, Nori starts to walk away, but then turns back and then puts the berry on the table. And it cuts to Malva's face. And just the way like the stream froze for a second, it seemed like there was just a really she long take of her just pissed. Staring her down like, you give me a fucking berry? Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, it froze. But it was a really funny moment while we were watching. Yeah, it was. It was a good time to pause. We're speaking of good time to pause. Let's take a second, do a little business news. You can follow us on Twitter at StreamThingPod. That's the whole podcast. You can follow me, Chris, at Movies R Therapy, like Toys R Us. And Steve at Steve May 13. Andy at Andy Mostay. You can also follow our uh, other shit. Oh, mm-hmm. we're on YouTube now. That's very important. You're looking at us right now, potentially. Uh, so every podcast episode that we do that's not for the Patreon feed is going to be on YouTube uh, at youtube.com slash a bunch of random numbers because we didn't buy the URL yet. Well, no, we need to get enough subscribers in order to be allowed to have one. Ah, so and subscribe so, to yes, us, my guys. Please, we need one. All the yes. video feeds and stuff. So all the podcasts will be available in video form. And eventually we might doing some um, might start doing some extra special videos and stuff. That's that's down the pipeline. You can also support the show financially. That would be wonderful help stuff like that happen by going to patreon.com slash streaming things. But that's not just for us. That also helps you because there's a bunch of tiers and rewards. Mm-hmm. You can just support the show uh, a little bit. You get our gratitude. And you we just, just for a dollar. We just debuted brand new tiers, brand, brand new. new rewards such as watch along parties, access to the discord, uh, discord uh, personalized voice memos from some of your favorite streaming things. And it's characters really and cool watching all the, the, the listeners and stuff interact in discord and kind of hang out with each other because yeah. that's what we We've always wanted to do is build this community uh, for people to nerd out and have fun. And it's been really neat because they're all in there all excited. Like, hey, man, what's up? You know, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, really cute. It's fun. Super fun. Uh, and we've got higher tiers where we're giving you, you know, you get merch, free shirts, stuff like that. You can tell us stuff that we have to watch, which mm-hmm. is a really interesting tier and reward. Uh, we had a, a, a poll recently or a contest rather uh, by following me on Q and Julia P won that. And we found out she's going to have us watch Mystery Men. Hell yeah. Uh, and Steve was so excited. Hell there. Yeah. Yes. I'm stoked about it too. Yeah. I can't wait. That's a movie I would never have thought anyone would suggest to us. And as soon as you said that's, that was her film choice, I was like, Oh yes. That like so many memories of my like youth just came to me. Cause we used to watch that all the time when I was younger. Yeah. I was talking to Andy. It's like, all I can remember is that Kel from Kenan and Kel is in that. Yeah. Uh, but so I'm really excited to watch that again. So stick around for that review and breakdown that's coming soon. And that will be on the main feed. That's not like a Patreon exclusive. Yeah. That is a main feed episode that all y'all will be able to hear. And one of those, uh, you know, one of those tiers allows people to do that pretty frequently. So that's one of them as well. Uh, again, that's patreon.com slash streaming things. But if you can't afford to financially support the show, trust me, no one understands better than us. We're all very 
very poor. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) you can support the show for free by just rating and reviewing the show wherever you're listening to it. Uh, Clicking the like button, smashing that subscribe on YouTube. That kind of stuff helps us a lot. Ring that bell, baby. We're still getting the YouTube lingo down. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the way to say it. Let's stick with that. Uh, And that helps us a lot. Just rating it five stars on Apple uh, iTunes or whatever it's at, wherever you're listening to it. Uh, Leaving a nice little review for other people to read and maybe boost us in the feeds, right? So that helps a lot as well. You can also email the show at streamingthingspod at gmail.com at any time. We're doing a huge mailbag soon on House of the Dragon, and I'm sure we'll do one on the Rings of Power. So mm-hmm. just keep sending your emails in and we'll file them away and, and read a bunch of them out on the air and yep. answer them. So that's what's coming down the pipeline. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get back to our breakdown of episode one of the Rings of Power. And it cuts back to the, the High King. This time it's the council where he gives the speech. He awards Galadriel the little crown that he made uh, and, and reiterates that he really wants peace, right? So Gilgalad's just like everything's cool now guys <laughs> darkness isn't around anymore so that means we must party mm-hmm. i've made you all leaf hats <laughs> and also macaroni paint i know he's like a super nerd that's what his party is like there's gonna be little hats and some fireworks at dusk and then we're gonna go to bed early and go back to valinor and later on guys get you won't believe what I got? An R-rated movie. <laughs> yes. We're going to watch Porky's. <laughs> Holy shit. That's a good one. That's very R-rated. Uh, <laughs> like Paul Dano's definitely going to go to bed. Like, like I want a, to go home now. <laughs> he's going to have a pillow in his lap for sure. <laughs> I want to go home now. <laughs> I need to go. <coughs> um, so there's the, the ceremony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for Galadriel, it's bittersweet because she's being heralded lol mm-hmm. as this hero of the campaign but really she doesn't feel like she's honored her brother finrod because she has not found sauron right so she she doesn't want to go back to valinor and that's her reward is to basically return to valinor mm-hmm. which is heaven where she can live uh, in peace and serenity for eternity that's her choice uh, and she's telling elrond in a scene in a little bit after you know during the fireworks like hey i don't want to go i think i'm going to deny that i think i'm going to uh, what's the word what's the word turn him down mm-hmm. Refuse. And, and Elrond's like, are you crazy? Don't, you don't want to go to heaven? Don't deny before you try. And I, try before you deny, man. Heaven's probably dope, man. <laughs> and she's like, what if Sauron's a little girl, man? You ever think of that? And so she she wants to she wants to chase Sauron, you know? She wants to refuse the gift. Yeah, um, they're in this in this like uh what, what would you call it? Like a little forest, like a like a Kingswood or a something. A glade. A glade, ooh, yes. Or a glen. Something like that. But but it's all the trees. They have kind of etched and carved, assumedly, all the elves that have died in the war. And there's even a statue Morgoth. of Finrod. Yeah. And she kind of laments, like, I always thought I would join them. Like, that I've been carrying this fight with me. And Elrond's like, you you fought enough. You can go back home. He's you like, you did a great rest. job. And then she has, this, she has this really good point where she's like, and do what, my guy? I have all this darkness still in me, all the things I've seen. I'm going to carry all these memories and I'm never going to die. I'm not going to be with me all the time and I'm going to be miserable because I'm not going to have any like, closure. What do you mean do what? Go party. <laughs> it's the Undying Lands. Yeah. There's fireworks happening right now. Let's go watch them. One of them looks like a butterfly. <laughs> but guys, when I die, that's all I want. Just carve my fucking face into a tree. Just your face? Yeah. I'm just going to, well, and my thumbs. I'm like. <laughs> you look like the back tattoo of Steve-O. <laughs> uh, okay, man. Uh, you know what? I'm going to write that down when the time comes. I have to, I'll, I'll do right by you. Thanks, man. I'll do right by you. <laughs> now a word from our sponsor, 
BetterHelp. I'm so excited to be sponsored by BetterHelp because we here on Streaming Things have been big advocates of mental health and therapy for a long time, but we haven't known how to incorporate it into the show because it's something you have to be really responsible about. I'm actually in the mental health field and have been looking for a therapist for quite some time, but have been unable to find one. Every time I find a therapist that I connect with, they're either not accepting new patients or they're scheduling so far out. And my willingness to treat my mental health is so low that I just let it go by and don't think about it again for a while because that's how my life is structured. Sometimes I try to solve my own problems with my own mind. But when your mind is the problem, that's hard to do. So I'm so excited to be working with better help. BetterHelp is awesome. If you're thinking about giving therapy a try, it works perfectly. It's convenient. It's accessible. It's all online. It's very affordable. And they help pair you with a therapist that can suit your needs after filling out a brief survey. And you can switch therapists at any time. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com streaming things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash streaming things. Ultimately, he seems to convince her that she's going to go to Valinor, right? He's like, uh, his his great argument is, look, if you're wrong, and, and the implication is that he very much believes that she's wrong and that the evil has passed. Uh, if you're wrong, it's a huge waste of your time. You're going to turn down eternity in heaven. So once you go, if shit pops off, I'll handle it. And then you can see in her eyes, she's like, and what, write a fucking sonnet about it? How, what are you going to do? Because <laughs> uh, Elrond hasn't grown his hair yet. So presumably he doesn't use swords or anything. No, yet. I'm going to throw my, my daughter's boyfriend at it. That's he, what I'll do. He hasn't mastered trouble. the eyebrows. That's the problem. You know what I mean? He's not going mm. as not, things walk past him. He's not doing the Hugo weaving eyebrows. <laughs> he's got to work up to that. You know, he's, he's still young. He's still young. Your dogs keep licking my bare feet. I don't mm. hate it. It ain't bad, but it's hard to concentrate. Are you rattling my dags? <laughs> <laughs> She's down there rattling my dags for sure. Uh, and then we cut to the land of men. And of course it's in the South. The of South course land. it's in the South. <laughs> no offense to our Southern listeners, but I was just cracked. It's up. in the South. They it sided with the wrong people. <laughs> And they oh, lost yeah. the war. Oh no! For states' rats, and this cuts and you got to this like, carpetbagger of an elf walking through town, and it cuts to this fucking toothless old man like playing uh, Middle Earth chess, like Caraxes in three or Carace in three, uh, and do they've even got that like. Uh, what's the dialect? Mm -hmm. It's cracking me up. I love it. it. It's hysterical. That's the land of men, uh, and so. They cut to this bar and there's a bunch of sad Southerners and they're drinking their, their woes away. <laughs> and one beautiful woman. Uh, and then Aaron Deer. We're, introdu we're introduced to Aaron Deer, the elves. And so the whole point to understand about this next whole sequence of scenes is that uh, the, the men joined in the battle with Morgoth. And so now... The elves spared them, but they're kind of like under, they're occupied by the elven nation, mm -hmm. right? And so for, what, 79 years now, they've been At watching least, over the yeah. men. At so least has been doing it for 79 years. So over one generation of men have been under the elven rule in this part of the part of the world. And there's kind of a bar fight because obviously a lot of the men res, uh, resent the elves. And so one, like one young guy stands up and he's like, oi, <laughs> that dude committed a huge party foul because he slams his mug of ale on the beer. table yeah. and it goes fucking everywhere, man. It's like, dude, and then he gets a second beer and throws that. 
And that's when the dude almost punches him like two bears. Two. <laughs> I got to mop up both of these. Two goddamn bears. Two I love that. Bears. He's basically like, quit holding us responsible for our ancestors' mistakes. It's like, that sounds really familiar, Yeah, this is the guys. whole scene was like, oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he goes outside. Uh, it's about heritage, guys. <laughs> we can introduce to Bronwyn, who's the, the the healer in the village. And you can already see sparks are flying between Aaron Deer and Bronwyn. Electric. Uh, electric. And she gives him some blow. It's the weirdest thing. Yeah. <laughs> For a second, I looked like she was like, here, take a bump of this. She calls it. Dude, he pours it out. He's like, oh, shit. He dumps the powder in his hand. She calls it alpharin seeds. But then she's like, but you got to crush them up. (laughs) He's like, crush them. I'm like, oh, so it's like Adderall balls. Yeah. So so I don't know what's going on there. uh, But But she's a healer. She's like, only take a half of one. She likes to party. It's your first time. She's a healer. He's a grower. Exactly. uh, (laughs) I know. And we find out later he's a grower. So maybe that's what that is. She's like, if it doesn't go down in four hours. Call me. I don't know why she's Irish now. <laughs> That's the hard foot. Yeah, if it doesn't go down in four hours, Aaron dear, what were you back in uh, back home? <laughs> I was a grower. And his sergeant's like, mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you were. <laughs> That's good to know because you're definitely not a shower. Swear it gets bigger. <laughs> I love how she, doesn't she ask him at one point like, do you guys have healers where you're from? And she's like, he goes, uh, we call them artificers. And yeah. then he has this really interesting explanation as to. Like why they call them? I can't remember it off the top of my head. But so I remember elves thinking like, heal very quickly of most of their wounds without the aid of any kind of healing ailments or treatments. They're basically plastic surgeons. Yeah, to make them heal prettily is the artificer's yeah. job. Prettily, because he said uh, beauty helps the soul. Yes, which I, I've always appreciated the elven people, like the uh, paragons of truth and justice in, in the American way. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, they sound really vain the way he says it, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're pretty, you feel better. Which is, I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Because I, mean, I don't like looking Whenever at I look pretty, I do feel better. <laughs> you do. And when I don't feel pretty, I feel like Tuesday. To bring it back into the king's man, manners maketh man. Mm-hmm. And so that's what he's basically saying. Looks maketh elf. Elf. Yeah. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, and then uh, we, we also in the bar, there is a line where I didn't really understand if at the time I, I didn't understand if like he was trying to imply that the barkeep was going to poison him or something like that. But essentially there's a rumor, a man traveled that his grasslands, his farmlands out east were dying unexplainedly. Right. Uh, and so and the elf Aaron Deer seems very interested in that. And that's all we hear of it for now. Yeah, because they're on the lookout for the the bad omens of the their predecessors coming back. Because these are these are the people who sided with uh, Morgoth back in the day. And yes, and yeah. the land that we're in is called Tirharad. I tried to keep track of everything. Tirharad, and the land that they're going to go to is called Ostirith. Uh, and the sergeant, the elf that's above Aaron Deer, who asks him if he was a grower, his name is Mador. <laughs> And so that's important to know, perhaps his, his boss's name is Mador. And that's when they find out it's over. The scene with Gilgalad is, you know, the news from that has traveled to them. Hey, it's over. We're going to go back home now. And then the Paul Dano guy pops up out of nowhere and he's like, yeah, go home. home. <laughs> and they're like, what? Who are you? Um, I'm the guy who wants to go home. <laughs> but first, Aaron Deer goes back to visit Bronwyn and we find out she's got a son. We don't know where the father is. Even the son doesn't know where the father is. He left to get milk like 20 years ago. And the kid's pretty old. Yeah, that I was like, oh shit, he's like 15, 14. Uh-huh. Yeah, he, he's up there, man. He's so Bronwyn's a lot older than I thought. Uh, and a guy with a cow shows up because he's the healer. She, she's the healer, rather. And he's like, hey, can you can you heal the cow? And then he sees the elf there. And he's like, and that's the second person, including her. And he goes, mm. was the barkeep her father, right? 
Um, that was Brandy the implication I got. I, I didn't think so. I don't no. know why I thought that. She works there. I, I, I got well, she's that a healer. Why does she work at the bar? Oh, she's healing. She up bartends and heals. Yeah, man. She's got two gigs. That's cool. She's a single mom. It's her side hustle. That's true. Some work. Mm-hmm. That's true. Either way, the barkeep was upset that she seemed to be fraternizing, fraternizing with Aaron Deer. Uh, and then the guy with the cow kind of looks at her like, hmm. Well, she's like the one woman in the village, apparently. I know. <laughs> Everybody's real protective. Wait, I was good. Dang. <laughs> Elf hussy. Uh, and so. You heal, you heal pets too. And then Aaron Deer just boldly walks out. Grabs on the cow's udders and starts jerking. And then we get a lot of like uh, evil how, sludge. How unsettling is that to see black goo like not a good out look. of a udder? I, I got I to gotta be honest. I'm not a, I'm not a rustic type. I'm not a rural kind of guy. Um, no. I don't like. You don't say? I'm not a fan of. I would have taken you as a farmer. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a fan of udder milking anyway. But yeah, you're right. Like the motor oil. Way worse. Yeah. And he Remember, just does it right into his hand, too. You could have like done that in so the grass, my guy. Too, dude. Yeah. He's like, what is this? <laughs> I'm just going to keep going and see if it gets better. <laughs> maybe maybe this cow's a grower. I don't know. Uh, do you remember going when you were like a little kid? Like maybe like in a kindergarten or around that age. Like a petting that, zoo? Well, there was that like field trip where you would go to a farm. And of course there was that like we have a goat who wants to milk it. <laughs> yeah, yes. And then you like had to. I'm actually half hillbilly. We had to turn all, butter all are. one we live time. In Kentucky, yeah, Chris. my mom's from Somerset. And so uh, I had a granny and a papaw and they had cows. Mm-hmm. And I would go there every now and then. And I fucking hated it. It was I remember that feeling to this day of like squirting it because it was it like squirts. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure. Did you in there. pull the udder? And it's yeah, always I a did. metal so bucket they said, that you squirt into. Oh, yeah. So, so you can hear that ping, ping. Yeah. Did yeah. you squirt it too, Andy? Yeah, yeah. You don't remember? We went on the field trip once. We had to like, we got to learn how to like churn butter and stuff or how people used to. Sure. But did, did I milk a cow? I, I doubt it. I don't think I did. I don't think we had to. Chris but. like stood in the background like, I'm not here. Yeah, I'm deaf. I'm like the uh, the go home guy for sure. I want to go home. I want to go home. I probably shat myself on the bus, <laughs> to be honest. On the bus. <laughs> I'll have milk at home. That's the kind of kid I was. <laughs> and then they head east. And for some reason, he takes Bronwyn. He's like, I'm going to go see what's what's making this cow squirt motor oil. And well, she's she kinda like forces herself to go. With I'm it. coming. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I was going to tell you how hot I thought you were and see if you'd be my girlfriend. And so that's fair. Let's go. Mm-hmm. I could talk to you about that on the way. So it works out perfectly. Uh, and then we find that fucker from earlier in the bar and her son are in a barn and uh, they find. Oh, that was the same guy. Yeah. It yeah. Looked like it. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was a completely different kid. No. Oh, okay. He's just an overall sad asshole because he starts giving the kid shit about how he doesn't have a dad anymore. He gets drunk yeah. and then goes pick picks on kids. Oh, yeah. Like, what's going on right now? He's old enough to drink, but he's hanging out with Charlie. You ain't got no dad. Yeah. <laughs> got any mustard and biscuits. Mm-hmm. What were they doing? They were looking for the Playboys, but instead, <laughs> under the floorboards, they found like a, a sword shard, which I s- assume is like Morgoth's sword. Yeah, sort of, because it has uh, his uh, it has Saur- Sauron's little brand on it. His little mm-hmm. Sauron was here, or it could be Sauron's sword. Could be. It could be any number of things. One of the all we know for sure, an evil sword. It ain't. It ain't good. No, it's not good. There's and the reason why he seemed to get like a vision. The little there, kid. There's a reason why someone took the effort of hiding put it one away board over it and putting, putting it in. A, well, they put it in a box first. That's true. And then That's they true. put one board over it. So they went, they went the extra mile to really hide. I this hope, God, I hope nobody finds this. What the fuck is that thing doing in that barn? I think the kid found it elsewhere and then put it in the barn. Oh, okay. maybe. Or maybe that's like 
his dad's like his dad's old stuff stash. Yeah. There's just a bunch of alpharin seeds <laughs> and the sword in there. Yeah. And like his dad's gone for some reason, probably to do with that. You want to go in my dad's party barn? <laughs> sure. I'm, my buzz is wearing off. <laughs> I got embarrassed at the bar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we cut to Galadriel on a boat. The boat's heading to Valinor. She's with all the other creepy elves that are going to the Undying Lands. We'll They're finally all... get to go home. We can't move on the voyage. We must stand like this. <laughs> I mean, I'm not complaining because we're going home, but are there chairs? Did they train? Like, is there like a going home boat training seminar? Because no one messed it up. There, you'd think there'd be like one guy in the back that starts to like look left at somebody. <laughs> hey, hey, that's not what we practiced. We'll turn this fucking boat right around, Chuck. That was that was part of the deal. You get to go back to Valinor. <laughs> uh, and then we we cut back briefly to Elrond, and he's there with Gilgalad. And I don't know what I didn't understand this scene. Gilgalad's kind of creeping me out, and he's like, "Hey, Elrond." I'm going to have you train with Lord Celebrimbor, the best elf smith in the land. And it's just like kind of. Hello. Way, <laughs> he pops up out of nowhere. <laughs> Hello. Hello. I'm Lord Celebrimbor. I, I figured. I was I, standing behind that tree. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for my name to be said. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's actually how that guy sounds, but uh, in that fake Entertainment Weekly show intro he that character does this like funny little wave that to me just says hello 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 look me. at this <laughs> he was a little goo- he was kind of a goober kind of a goobery guy i'm a really great architect i want to edit that video and add us at the end of it <laughs> just going hello <laughs> hello no we just turn and look at the camera <laughs> and it pans past us we could let's do it let's do it uh, and we cut back to uh, the Harfoot people and Sadok is suspicious. He's like consulting his like little charts and stuff again, looking up at the moon. Some shit's going down. Nori's spying on him and she's like, what's going on? He's like, nothing. She's like, what's going Watch on? He's like, cartwheels. Not going to lie. Something. But I don't know what. The stars are weird. But yeah. Stars are super weird right now. Stars are haunted. And that's the extent of that conversation. Uh, and then Mind your cartwheels, Chris. Cut back to Aaron Deer and Borwin still going east. They find like some sort of camp. Steve saw something that I missed. There's some kind of weird light. Yeah, that shot when they're kind of going over the hill and the, the horizon reveals the camp that they're looking down on. It looks like there's like a pulsating white light that goes over top of them, not the camp they're looking at, but on them specifically. Right. And it was kind of subtle, but it was definitely there. And I don't know what that was. But you guys didn't seem to notice it. I was taking a note about the camp right at that moment. So it listener, was very brief. Listener, if you guys know what I'm talking about, please write in so I can uh, make ease my mind that I'm I'll not I'll probably crazy. watch this episode again before we record next. Mm-hmm. Imagine I'll watch it tomorrow. But Let me know if you see it. Keep your I eye will. out for it. That's the only thing I'm going to watch for. Yeah. And we cut back to the Undying Land ritual. They all get to, uh, there's like a, a an elf lady that wanders around and takes all their swords from them, takes their armor off of them uh, to signify, hey, no battles will be fought here. This mm-hmm. is a super chill place. It's kind of like a nightclub or like a saloon in a code. Western. No, like a saloon in a Western where you have to leave your, your guns and stuff at the bar. Your weapons. Yeah. You will not need them. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Is that Yoda? Yeah. What, what, where does he do that at? Empire Strikes Back when he's about to go into the cave. He's like, what, what am I going to see in the cave? <laughs> Only what you take with you. <laughs> A grower I am. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I can be your backpack while you run. <laughs> classic. Uh, classic. 
she she doesn't want to relinquish her knife. There's a, a small moment where she's like, no, this is my knife. I'm taking the knife. What if she took it to the Undying Land? She was the only one with a knife and she got all stabby and nobody else could protect themselves. <laughs> yeah, I got my knife. I smuggled it. Well, I'm so, sure if she took that knife, a lot of people would be like, oh, thank God. We haven't been able to slice any bread this whole fucking time. <laughs> She'd be like the coolest dude in prison, his tools and stuff. <laughs> right. Like, Valinor is awful prison-y. You're not allowed to take anything. Hey, did any of you guys bring cigs? <laughs> I got some. <laughs> they won't let us bring cigs in here. <laughs> I got some alpha near seeds in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> we can party. Um, but so that was uh, her brother's dagger that she took off his corpse. Oh, so was it, it? it was a big deal for she's when like, she's like looking back and forth between the dude's hand, I, which it was silly to me where he's like, give me your hand. And she's like, okay, we're going to go home. I? <laughs> right. But then she's going looking back and forth between the person that took the knife from her, apparently just, just like took it, it and then set it on the I'm ground. Leave right it in next the to her. But she's looking back and forth. And that, that's when I clicked. That's the two options me. that she has, mm-hmm. you know, the undying mm-hmm. lands or her brother's mission that she yeah. wants. So she decides, and I find this hilarious. And by the way, there's like a random shooting star going across the sky the whole time over Linden. And then all the way to where the, uh, the Harfoot folk are. All the characters see it. We, we get the, the vision, the whispered line of Finrod, her brother, the answer to what happens when you see the lights in the water reflected as well. How do you know which ones to follow? He had said to her, what he had said was sometimes we cannot know until we have touched the darkness. Mm-hmm. And so she touches the darkness, baby. She jumps right back in the ocean, the fucking ocean. How many miles did that boat? I assume Valinor is like on the map. It looked like a thousand miles away. Yeah, they were there. there. So, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. she's going to have to or maybe there's like a gate halfway in the ocean. Mm -hmm. It was definitely like a cloud gate that closed once the boat went through. Yeah. So So no matter what, she's got to swim swim a long way, really fucking far away. The elves are powerful swimmers. Everybody knows that. Yeah. They also live forever, so cut to like 50 years from now, she finally makes it back over to Middle Earth. (laughs) That's true. There probably is a huge time jump for her. (laughs) I also didn't know that the Undying Lands were just like Westeros. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like like a a, a continent, but you can't reach it without getting the Cloud Gate, man. But how do you get the Cloud Gate? You gotta be an elf. (laughs) You gotta be a worthy worthy elf, or like the guides have to take you. Or uh, Frodo gets to go, as does Bilbo. Sam, not so much. Figwig did got not make the cut. Did he? That's right. He was like, my lady. My lady, we're <laughs> going to go party. They've got some We're seeds. going home. <laughs> Al- Alfred seeds. We're going to take some key bumps of Alfred seeds. <laughs> <laughs> and if it doesn't go down in four hours, it doesn't matter because it's fucking Valinor, baby. baby. My hands are numb. No, we're, it's cool. going to make some dumb boats and then throw rocks at them. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That guy was an asshole in heaven. Yeah, I know. When right. you look back on it. <laughs> Valinor sucks. For real. You bullies and shit. Anyway. Uh, if, dude, if I found out, if I die and go to heaven, I find my bullies are there. <laughs> I'll be so disappointed. <laughs> What's up, nerd? Oh, Been man. waiting on you, needle dick. Oh, man. <laughs> Not again. Hi, Fred. <laughs> so then we cut to Nori. She sees the meteor. The shooting star turns into a meteor. It strikes the earth and it, it it's like a Terminator moment. <laughs> Fucking John dun, Connor's dun, laying dun, there. Dun, for real. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> is that Gandalf? It sure look like him. And then Celeborn popped up in the fucking woods way off. And he's like, tell me, <laughs> where is Gandalf? And they're like, he's in the hole over here. Oh, he said he would come by an asteroid. <laughs> tell me, where did it land? 
I would very much like to see naked Gandalf. Also, where's Galadriel? Did she go for a swim? Is he a grower? <laughs> Do you think so? Like, we assume that's Gandalf that landed, right? Come on, rally your dags, go yes, get him. It's super duper looks like Gandalf. So do you think Gandalf's going to get up and, and look at, uh, was it Nori that found him? Mm -hmm. Is he going to get up, look at Nori and goes, you're close. <laughs> Give them to me. <laughs> Just like the Terminator. <laughs> That's amazing. So for those that don't know, your Gandalf. Your parents are very dead. <laughs> Gandalf is not human. He's a Maiar, uh, which is not a Valar, but it's like not human for sure. It's a, a, a kind of almost God being right below the Valar. Part comet. Indeed. Mm -hmm. And so he's, he was alive during the time of this story and perhaps was not in human form is what some nerds told me when I fellow nerds, when I asked, is there a chance Gandalf's going to be in the show? Cause he kind of should be. It's a great opportunity to tie in uh, the two properties. Right. And they were like, well, it's not necessarily in human form at this time. And I was like, but, and they're like, he wouldn't be younger. Like the form of Ian McKellen is the form he chose. So, and we know Ian McKellen's not in the show. And so I was like, eh, okay, but I think we should see Gandalf. So it's very possible that's Gandalf. I'm with you guys. I think it is. And again, everybody that's already seen episode two, that's listening to this. It's like, Jesus, Jesus super. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes. But that's the thing. That's what we do here. That or, that or it's not. And it's just a guy named Keith. And yep. it's just like, yeah, that's just, that's old Keith. Oh, I'm old Greg. I'm old Gius. So let's get to our second breakfast segment. We try to find some, some lore tidbits, some Easter eggs. Steve, you got anything? Uh, uh, yeah, well, this Sounded is like a ghost. I'm going to be, woo, uh, I don't have a lot. Honestly, I think this for this, uh, particular show rings of power. I'm, I'm not going to have a lot of Easter eggs just because mm -hmm. like I said, I, I, I'm not super steeped in the lore of Lord of the Rings. Where we don't find them, we make them up. Steven. Well, the one I did write down was at one point, um, what's his name? The, the, the kid who was, uh, sloshing his beer around. He was getting all butt hurt. Mm -hmm. I think it was him who said something like one day, our King will return and he will lead us. And I'm like, ah, it's the return of a King right there. Ah, it's the name of the movie. Yeah. Nice. Noise. That's all I have. Mm -hmm. Andy, what do you got? That was a good as far one. as second I, breakfast. That one too. And you stole it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, somebody says the line, what devilry is this? Which is plucked straight from fellowship. Of the ring. That's a Boromir line. What new devilry is this? It's when the Balrog shows up. Very nice. And that felt like it was pretty intentional. Um, and the only other real big one that I had was uh, Celebrimbor shows up. And, uh, and I was like, oh, shit, that's the guy from the Shadows of Mordor game. So in Shadows of Mordor, you play as a uh, Dunedain ranger who is manning an outpost near uh, the Black Gate. And you are murdered by one of the um, ring raids, um, but you are revived in a way where you are melded with the spirit of a long since past Celebrimbor. And so you have these oh, that's him? supernatural powers um, of this Elvin Smith. And, uh, ah. and he is very, very important to the lore of uh, Lord of the Rings. So I, I don't want to spoil it because I feel like it'll be spoiling the show. But uh, yeah, it, it, it just him popping up at all was uh, 
just this tight little ding, my light, light, light bulb moment for me. And I was, I was pretty excited about it. Other than that, um, I'm pretty sure that what you talked about, the, um, the pliers of doom, I do honestly think that that is the anvil or, uh, it's supposed to look like the anvil that we see at the, in the opening of the fellowship of the ring Yeah, when uh, they're forging the rings of power. It kind of ruined for me though, because we we literally see the forging. The, one of the first teasers we got of the show was like this forging montage with like the you know with li- like a real forge, yeah, real forge molten and stuff. And I feel like those pliers were in that too, but I could be wrong. I didn't watch it. It's I, really cool. I, I think I it's might have watched viewing. a trailer for this show once, maybe. I, I don't remember. They anything. actually filmed real molten metal and like made a ring. Oh, cool! And like used like. Uh, really close up camera lenses and stuff. So it's actually really yeah, neat. It's, it's really cool. It is cool. It's very cool. That was the initial teaser. So I found a few things and made some of them up like we do. Like the 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 sword shard is, if that's in the Silmarillion, that's weird to me. Uh, I feel like it's a show thing where it's just like, remember the shards of Narsil? That was a huge deal. Like, um, Oh, yeah. I think that that's very much intentional. Very reminiscent of that. Yeah. We did get to see some ends, right? We did see some ants. You're right. Yeah. So there's some they ants. Hugged. Yeah. Ants were hugging. Yeah. When the, the comet was coming. And they were like, oh, and it looked like, oh. it, it looked like an ant and an ant wife. Yeah. We've never seen any ant wives because the ant oh wives were gone. Oh my God. We saw our first ant wife. What? Yeah. Because you clearly an oh, ant. We and- lost them. <laughs> don't know. Well, they've gone. Can you imagine ant sex? We lost. Slow down. I'm <laughs> about. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> we ants don't do things unless it takes a very long time. <laughs> They're all tantric. Also, in the the scene in the beginning where Galadriel and her bitch elves that want to quit are going through that. Like, I just want to go home. <laughs> They're going through that. Uh, castle area that they found yeah, i got moria vibes because they're trying to find which path to go and she's like ah oh, it's, it's it's darker down here that's the way to go toward the evil and it reminded me of the minds of moria where gandalf is like it's lost because he's so high on old toby and he's like um the house smell doesn't smell near as foul, foul down, down here. here yeah don't go down that road <laughs> Um, Master Marietta, always follow your nose. The Harfoot's name, the, the one family's name, Brandy Foot. It reminds me of Brandy Buck. Brandy Buck. I, I don't know if that's. And Proudfoot. And Proudfoot. So it, it seems like the family split genealogically eventually mm. into those. Uh, oh, okay. I don't know if that was the intention or that not. Makes but sense, yeah. The, uh, you know, J.R.R. Tolkien is an Oxford linguist. So I think he does stuff like that and thinks of it. And like Harfoot is hard foot. Like they have hard feet souls yeah. anyway yeah that's where that's what how the, that's how his mind works i think that makes sense it's um, good. the undying lands valinor that is we said earlier where frodo and uh, all of the elves go at the end of return of the king and mm-hmm. before the end too that when uh what's her face arwen decides not to go um but the big one i have there's a, a glimpse of these two trees that steve talked about in the the prologue area of this pilot and those two trees are the creation story of this entire universe they have names um Laurelin and Telperion are those two trees' names. Stephen One, Larry. Stephen Larry. <laughs> uh, Laurelin is the gold tree. Telperion is the silver tree. Uh, and they were destroyed, not by Morgoth in the lore that I know, but by Melkor and the spider demon thing, Ungoliant. Uh, and uh, anyway, when their trees are destroyed, the light goes out and the light is turned into the sun and the moon. Like the sun and the moon are kind of harvested or salvaged out of that destruction. And so it was just really neat to see those two trees, like some. Oh, some so when you said uh, the world was too young for a sunrise, they meant that literally, literally, like 
there is no sun. Yeah, it was just always bright from those trees. Mm-hmm. And now there's a sun and a moon from uh, Laurelin and Tilperion. So, ha. Very cool. I like that. And now that brings us to our old Toby, the finest scenes in the South Father. Mm-hmm. Uh, our top three favorite moments of the episode. Steve, what's your number three? My number three is the little chat that uh, Elrond and Galadriel had in the Glade uh, while the fireworks are going off above them. I, I really liked just how much character that discussion between the two of them really gave. And you can really see, I enjoy seeing this friendship budding because that's not a relationship you really get to see in the original trilogy of Lord of the Rings films. You see it a little bit in the Hobbit trilogy uh, of Elrond and Galadriel knowing each other. Um, so it's good to see these characters interact. And I really thought the the cases that they were giving to one another for their motivations were very you know, well-written and, you know, I could follow it pretty well. And I just like that little extra bit of lore building of like, yeah, we carve everyone who died into these trees. as like a monument. It's like, man, that took a while. Right. Mm-hmm. It took a long ass time. How many, do you see that big pile of helmets? We're literally a lot of people? immortal. So we don't worry about time. And then they accidentally sure. fuck it up and I fuck. Cut another one cut down. down. Start over. You got to cut it down, plant a new one, and then wait for that one to grow. And then you carve <laughs> it. <laughs> When you're immortal, you can do that. That's fair. That uh, but I, another thing I really want to touch on that scene is I really, because the, the fireworks are going off the whole time. And I really love the lighting that they utilize in the scene with the constant little bursts of light that are kind of going all over them. It was a very unique way to shoot that scene. Um, this very, you know, kind of, there's a huge celebration happening outside of the city, but there's no celebration happening here. They're like, she has literally has no reason to celebrate, but she's being lit by a celebration. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really good, uh, really good. Uh, visual. A lot of good visual cues in this episode. Scores good filmmaking show. on display. Yeah. Andy, what was your number three? Old Toby. Uh, so my number three is um, the uh, battle at the middle earth where uh, Fendor, where uh, the Finrod Finrod. I keep wanting to say Fendor. Andy's not I'm dyslexic. Sorry. I'm well, I'm, you know, maybe a little, uh, but so, um, that moment for me was just like, oh my God, I'm back feeling, you know, like going to the return of the King midnight release and like sitting there all excited and everybody's all dressed up and carrying swords and stuff back before, back when movie theaters were a safe place to be. Um, just the feeling, the beauty of that shot. And I don't think we talked at all, uh, in this episode about how wonderful the music is in this yeah, the score is really good again. Isn't episode? the same composer back? Howard Shore? Yeah. Isn't it Howard Shore again? Oh, I don't know. I didn't look that up. I don't Go ahead. know. If it, if it is, that's amazing. But anyway, the music, the beauty of the shot, the feeling that I got watching it more than anything, just the, that brought me back to feeling like a kid in, you know, 99 or whenever the fellowship came out and like, uh, it just, uh, it, it 2001, felt, my guy. Was it 2001? Okay. Uh, it felt like home. And that, that was wonderful. No, it is Bear McCreary. Ah, Bear. what a dope name. Bear McCreary did the compositions for Godzilla King of Monsters, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, Paddlestar Galactica. Wow. Is that Are you a fan, Steve? I've never seen it. Um, really? Yep. Wow. Never watched it. The Walking Dead. So that. Oh, okay. That's a pretty cool score. Anyway. Oh, see, I'm the only one on the fucking planet that watches that show. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only one who has seen C. Outlander. That's pretty cool. Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge. Oh, it's a video game. <laughs> you play that, Steve? No. He scored it, baby. You probably have to play it at Galaxy's Edge, I imagine. 
Well, this oh, is yeah. this is a come up for that dude. Holy shit! Yeah, Bear McCreary, baby. Wow, good score. Uh, my number three is uh, Galadriel on the boat. Uh, a lot of it w- didn't quite work for me. A little bit, right? Mm. Like Andy was saying, the hand outstretched stuff like that. But like that dude who wants her to like, I almost said it in a really bad phrasing. The dude who wants the dude who wants him her to come with him to the undying. Like all, it's a little corny or whatever. But the whole idea of the the line of Finrod referenced back in the beginning that was whispered that we now get to hear. And I thought that Morfit Clark is fucking absolutely incredible at her portrayal of Galadriel and, and just in general in this episode, I like her character a lot. Um, so all in all, I thought it was a, it was a really powerful moment emotionally for me. Like it all, ultimately I had some, some issues with how some of the executions, but it worked. I was very invested and I understood the sacrifice that she was making. I thought it was super cool. And I have this interesting experience now of like thinking of Galadriel as I know her and imagining all of this as canon that she's gone through and being like, all right, Bad motherfucker. Now she's just giving out bread and shit, but she's mm. a bad motherfucker. <laughs> I give you rope. Tell me what you, you got any more than daggers. Did you give them my rope? <laughs> I was very attached to that rope, Galadra. We've talked about this. <laughs> I only want the rope. You gave the dwarf what? It's not a dwarf. <laughs> That's disgusting, Galadriel. <laughs> Why would you give him hair? <laughs> hair from where? <laughs> Sorry, I went there. From your head. <laughs> Steve, what's your number two, old Toby? Uh, my number two, old Toby, is just the opening. Just that battle sequence, even though it was like super short uh, and short-lived. Um, I just really, really liked it. And then It was dope. Also, And also, if you like extend it even to... Um, now you're going to make me want to say Finrod. It is, it's, it is Finrod. It's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Andy's got me second guessing myself, not second breakfasting myself, second guessing myself. <laughs> what about uh, third guess? Just, just uh, like Finrod's little speech to her. And like, I really liked the, his, even though it was, these were very short scenes, but they like really, really were well done. And they really, I think it was a good, hit. It was a good intro. Yeah. Uh, so like, I like, and kind of like what Andy was saying of like feeling like you're home again. Yeah. Seeing that orc get bullseyed in the mouth with an arrow. I'm like, mm. mm-hmm. I, I like to think, uh, Legolas is just off screen, giving old Finrod a nod, like, I got you, boo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's my number two. Andy, your number two. Uh, my number two was your number three, which was um, Galadriel um, with the difficult decision of whether she's going to stay on the boat or jump, um, especially the line that we got from her brother that sometimes we can't know until we touch the darkness. Like when she asked the question early on, he leaned in and whispered. So right then at the beginning of the episode, I, I wasn't sold yet. It, it was when we got Fenrir, Finrod, uh, doing, <laughs> doing the fighting. Um you just wink at us, you uh, rascal. Uh, so w- that that was when I got sold. So like when the brother was leaning in and being like, and we're, I, I was thinking that we're never going to find out what it is. Um, I was like, oh, no, the show is not going to hit the way I want it to. But then when it re- was revealed what the actual comment was, I was like, oh, shit. Like that that, that was uh, like um, not it, it was a tone that I didn't expect um, from the show uh, and well from the writing, I should say. Uh, and as you already said, like the um, emotional impact of it, not all of it worked for me, but specifically um, utilizing the callback to the whispered comment and uh, that combined with like the knowledge that that character is passed and uh, the symbolism of the dagger. Uh, I, I thought that it was a really effective scene. Absolutely. Absolutely. My number two is the snow troll. Um, I thought that was a really cool battle sequence. I wasn't 
I was a little weirded out by the sword launch. I'm going to watch it very closely a second time, but all in all, I thought that was awesome. The way that she completely dispatched the snow troll, like some cool diving under slash 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 the blood, like splashed into the camera at one point Mm -hmm. Uh, digitally, of course, but still super cool. Yeah. Um, And I thought that's, the way I expect elves to be. We don't see too many elves and everyone we do see is a fucking super badass in the Lord of the Rings movies. Um, like the Helm's Deep battle has Including a lot of elves. Including me. Yes, mm-hmm. sure. You should see me with my uh, little knives I have. <laughs> ching, ching. <laughs> Sneaky, sneakity, snowing. When I was younger, they called me the knife dancer. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Caliborn. Do you know why? Thanks, Caliborn. No, I don't really care. It's an interesting story. (laughs) (laughs) He's invited to zero parties. That's why he's not in Valinor. Oh, we're going to get the next boat sit back for you. Everyone everyone looks at Galadriel and like, why did she get with such a dud? (laughs) She can boss him around. Um, (laughs) Are you sure there's plenty of room there for me to stand? (laughs) (laughs) What do I just stand here? When are we going to be there? (laughs) Guys, what were the words to that song we're supposed to sing? Let us play a game. We we shall call it what is he? I Spy. Do you would you like to hear the rules of I Spy? Steve, what was your number two? Your number one. Number one. Uh my number one is the um the boat scene right before she gets into Valinor. The uh I think Andy you put it at your number three. Uh, my, um, my three, his two. two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, this was my number one. Uh, and let me tell you why. Tell me guys. why, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you kind of mentioned it before. It's a little silly. It's kind of hackneyed in a way. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's something that I feel like is so quintessentially Lord of the Rings films is because if you watch the, uh, the original trilogy, how many sequences do you get that are on its face? kind of silly but they're shot in slow motion they're overacted oh yeah especially but, like but they fucking land so hard when frodo wakes from his coma yeah it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then fucking enya starts playing but it, it's so silly like in a vacuum it's so weird and it shouldn't work but it fucking does right it's so dramatic and, and so that scene where dude's reaching his hand out and she's looking at the sword and then she hears her bro- what her brother actually told her and it's like oh yeah get off that boat girl you got to get off that boat. Mm-hmm. Like I felt it. And to me that really kind of landed like, okay, they know what they're doing here. Hopefully it continues to get better sure. and better here because the things that I wanted to see, I have seen and I look forward to seeing even more things. I did not even know I wanted to see. Uh, <laughs> Fuck yeah. And, so yeah. Number one right there. Boom. Mm-hmm. Andy, your number one moment. Uh, my number one is Galadriel killing the snow troll. Um, I didn't know that Galadriel was such a bad motherfucker, and that was pretty dope to see. It was cool. Uh, the choreography was dope. The snow troll looked fucking phenomenal. Yeah. It looked so cool. The choreography was great. It wasn't too much, like, hackneyed, poor, bad budget, or low budget, poorly directed, um, quick cuts and close-ups. You know what I mean? Like, it stayed far back. It you used that billion dollars to have really good CGI. And, um, I, I, I really liked the way it was designed. The, the, just the quick, the quick way that she dispatched the, the yeah. troll was badass. Um, they could have tried to make it like a, um, minds of Moria drawn out thing. And they didn't, they really established this character and, uh, did it in style. It was pretty, pretty wicked. Absolutely. Absolutely. My, my number one, this is really dumb. Uh, 
so dumb, is uh, Gandalf, who might not be Gandalf. <laughs> Gandalf? Andy gave me a really dismissive snort there. The reason being, if that is, and I hate to be like a, a Marvel cameo dork here. I want it so badly to not be Gandalf. Now it's like, <laughs> but it's, it amps the intrigue up for me tenfold. The right? fact that it was a person at the end of it. 100%. Yeah. And like that, what that might mean if it is, do you know what I mean? Just for me. Uh, and I hate to be that guy because I always kind of scoff. Not not really because I don't want to yuck anybody's yum. But if somebody's like 100 times more excited for Spider-Man because uh, Daredevil might be in it or like, what's the word? Uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, you know, like, oh, it's like a Mephisto thing I'm doing right now is what I'm saying. Right. But it's like, <laughs> I get it in this moment. I get it. Cause oh, I'm like, okay. Ooh, if that fucking is him, then that means, oh my God, you know, oh, um, my God. so my excitement just kind of like ramped up so much just for this, like another little handhold of familiarity that I can latch onto and really enjoy the rest. And then we can just do Gandalf impressions all day long. And, and honestly, the amount of Gandalf impressions we can do ramps up. I, I just as wait. tenfold. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All in all, we all really enjoyed the first episode. We're excited for episode two. Um, we will probably get to hear that episode in a couple of days. Uh, but before I end the show with that wonderful little ending that I was about to stuff on there, <laughs> we have one more thing. The, the uh, one it's performance to rule them all. God, I'm going to get it one day. Uh, you crushed it. <laughs> I'm going to throw a wrench in things. Andy. Yes. Ooh. What was your best performance? Um, tell me her name. Um, Morphid Clark. Morphid Clark. Uh, spoiler alert. That's, I don't, I don't I, think I, there's I, another answer. I, I feel like it has to be that for all of us. Right? No. no. Okay. Um, I thought that she absolutely crushed. Holy shit. She was fantastic. Yeah, I agree. She was believable as a young Galadriel. She was effective. Even if she wasn't Galadriel, like I didn't need to know that she's becomes this ultimate high powered elf badass later. Um, like if she was just, you know, some chick named Lily, I would have been like, dang, <laughs> Lily rocks. You know what no, I mean? I, I, and, she um, established her own. Yeah. 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 So she's, she would have been effective no matter what. Um, I, I thought that her acting was fantastic. I thought that she, uh, she was carrying the weight of like the, one of the biggest film franchises of all time on her shoulders. Like th that's had to have been so hard to be like, Oh my God, I'm the main guy in this. I'm the Frodo of this series or right. uh, whoever you want to call the main character, Aragorn. I don't know. Uh, but definitely Frodo. Yeah. Um, Sam, it was, <laughs> it, it was incredible. Uh, it, I thought it was so, so good. So well acted. So well done. Yeah. She, it's, it's her with a bullet. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. I agree. Steve, who's your uh, one performance to rule them all? So I want to take you guys on a little journey before I reveal this. Okay. Um, and I, I mentioned earlier, there was something I'm a little concerned. The one, the, my biggest concern for the show moving forward, because again, like, like we mentioned, I like the show overall. I'm excited to see what more it does. I have a worry. And that worry is there is not enough um, diversity in terms of the different type of characters there are. A lot of the actors seem to be doing very similar things to one another where there's a ton. We got a ton of stoic people being stoic and talking softly and looking sad, which is fine. But when but Lord of the Rings to me, there's a lot of characters making huge, huge, big choices. Some of them are silly and we haven't made possibly even like really got to those characters yet. Right there. There looks to be some. um like uh, Sardok, is that his name? Sardok seems like yeah. he, he might be a fun little silly character. But when you think of it, like Lord Sadoc. of the Rings, Sardok, excuse me. Um, you had 
Frodo, who was being super serious, but then the other three hobbits were kind of bigger and larger than potato. Potato. You had, Plus Go- you had Gollum. You had Gollum being his Gollumy self. You had Ian McKellen just crushing as Gan- Gandalf. Uh, you had uh, Legless being kind of, he was an elf, but he still had a little bit of a smirk to him. Little and then, boy. Yeah. And then, Shall I get you a stool? Yeah. Jonathan, John, or, um, Reese Davies uh, being Gimli, yeah. you know, just these big, larger than life performances. And everyone in the show so far hasn't done that. And again, it's the first episode and we'll see uh, who can we, you know, get out of that. There's a couple, you know, bright spots that could come from that. Are you going Nori right now? I'm not going Nori. Dang, I don't know who it could I think be. You, I think you guys are going to be upset with who I choose, honestly. Yeah, but it's your life, man. Uh, this I actor, you. Will Fletcher, who plays Finrod, was the character that I'm nominating because in his short amount of scenes, he had mm. the charisma that I felt like belonged in the Lord of the Rings world. Like he just immediately, I was like, this guy's charismatic and I like him. And he, and then they killed him off immediately. And I was like, Oh well, shit. Okay. <laughs> uh, well I liked him. Rest in peace. Yeah. RIP my, my guy, uh, because really no one else really kind of impressed me. No one, I, I wasn't like unimpressed with anyone by, yeah. any, but no, no one had a performance. I was like, wow, that's a fucking baller ass performance. Like even, uh, Galadriel, uh, Martha Clark, Martha Clark. I, I like, I thought she was fine, but there wasn't any scene that I was like, wow, she's really capturing this character for me. She's just doing a fine job. But sure. But again, this is the first episode. They're still finding their footing. Uh, we're going to get more characters. I know there's a dwarf coming eventually. I've seen him in advertising. It's Graham McTavish. Is it Graham McTavish? No, that'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. I'm glowing, groin. <laughs> Son of glowing. I'm, I'm, I'm glimped. <laughs> But yeah, so yeah, um, Will Fletcher is my performance. Very good choice, Steve. Like I said, I support you no matter what in life, buddy. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Love you to death. Thank you. But it's more of a clerk. We'll always love you. (laughs) We'll always love you. So that wraps up our episode. Uh, Tune in to like a day or two. We're going to have the episode two uh, breakdown and and recap all that stuff. And then Monday, we're going to have the House of the Dragon episode three recap Mm, and stuff dropping. Can't wait. So yeah, send your emails in. Keep tuning in with us. Thank you so, so, so much for just being here ever and always. That's all the time we have right now. My name is Chris. I'm Andy. And I'm Steve. And this was Streaming Things. Happy streaming. It's time for us to do what we do best, and that is thank the patrons. These are the people that are keeping the lights on over here at Streaming Things. And just so you guys know, we are doing a different method of Patreon shoutouts, but that will not begin until the House of the Dragon episode three episode that drops on Monday. So until then, uh, everything is normal as it always has been. Um, This just gives people more of a chance to sign up and upgrade their tiers before we lock it down for the month. Right. So without further ado, let us thank our beloved patron. Thank you so much to a Wells, Aaron B, Aaron K, Aaron Locke. That's right. I'm doing full names now if they are provided. So God help me. I am going to mispronounce a lot of these. So if I mispronounce your last name, just let me know how you would like me to pronounce it. I don't know why I am talking in a sing-songy voice. Thank you, Aaron Armstrong, Adam Casson, Adam Horn. Uh, I liked Adam that you preface or you made note that it's not the E at the end is not uh, pronounced so weird. It's not Adam Horny, which sounds kind of funny. Adam Horny. Um, 
but it's not that. Thank you so much to Adam Raymond, Aiden Forrest, Ali Awald. I'm so sorry, Ali. I don't think I've ever heard your last name actually spoken aloud, so I am sorry for that. Thank you, Amanda King, Amanda Stanford, Amber, Amber McVeigh, Andre, Andrew Gray, Andrew Pickering, Andy Lyles, Annalise Routen, Routenberg, Routenberg. Thank you, Annie Hudson, RK Genanigans, Ariana, Arcadia Mills, Aaron Anastasia, Ashley Powers, Austin Huss. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Barb. Thank you, Bill Siebold, Brandon Corsentino, Brianna Rivera, Brenda Bren. That's fun to say. Brenda Bren. Brenda Bren. Thank you, Brett Roby, Brittany Deck, Brittany Sparks. Thank you, Cake. Thank you, Caleb Jeter. Thank you, Caleb Jeter. I don't know why I'm having a hard time. This is the second time I've recorded this. And each time I've struggled on starting the C in Caleb Jeter. I don't know why that is, Caleb. I'm so sorry. But thank you for being a patron. Thank you, Carlo Carino. Thank you, Carmelita Valdez McCoy. I love saying that, Carmelita. I love saying your name. And I've seen your name for years. And I'm so happy I get to say it out loud because it's such a good name. Thank you, Casey Glass, Casey Holland, Casey McCain, Katerina Zay, Chester Copperpot, formerly known as Jack and Daxter. Thank you, Chloe Richardson, Chris DePlank, DePlank, DePlanky. I'm sorry, Chris. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Cindy Miller Ray, Clay Bennett. Cody Beak, Crystal Trujillo. Thank you, Damian Martin, Danae Fields. Uh, thank you, David Tulumsis. You know, David challenged me. He was like, good luck uh, pronouncing my last name. And boy, <laughs> you were not kidding. Holy shit. Thank you, David. Thank you, DC Hart. Thank you, Debbie Vervink. Vervink. Debbie Verving, thank you. Thank you, E. Lopez, Elizabeth Hubbard, M. Versaico, Versaico. Jose Canseco. Thank you, M. I'm so sorry. I'm, I completely butchered that. Thank you, Enza. Thank you, Erica Spice. Spice? Erica Spies. I'm just going to say Spies. Erica Spies. Thank you, Irvin Flournoy. Thank you, Gavin Holter, Georgia. Hannah E. Crocker. Thank you, Heath Pennington. I love that name, Heath. Heath Pennington. It sounds, it sounds so regal. Thank you, Irene Denise Spikes, Jadinklish Morgoon. Thank you, Jocelyn Jacob Sickler, Cycler. Thank you, Jade, Jake Lenhoff, James Tarkey, Jeanette Murphy, Jen Robinson. Thank you, AJ. Thank you, Jennifer Knopfsinger. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Jess Jess. Thank you, Jess R. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Jesse Maynard. Thank you, Jessica L. Cruz, Kraus. Cruz. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Jillian Blackburn. Jillian Lube. Lob. Lube. I'm so sorry, Jillian. Thank you, Jillian Morgan. Thank you, Jimmy Gad. Joel Archer. Joel Diamond. John Collins. John Maddox. John May. John T. John Rustin. It's the Johns. Uh, that sounds weird. I'm sorry. It's my friends, the Johns. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Jordan Wood. Thank you, Josephine Newbert. Thank you, Joyce Siler. Siller. Thank you, Judy Ball. Julia Latskz, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry, uh, Julia, I'm never going to pronounce that. Your last name is confusing and intimidating, but thank you. You're awesome. You're not either of those things. You're amazing. Thank you, Julie McGrath. Thank you, Jungle. Thank you, Justin Idleheit. Idleheit? Idleheit? Thank you, Kalisha. First of her name, 
Oh yeah, I read the note, Kalisha. First of her name. Thank you, Candace Worth, Kate, Katharina, Katie Blair, Katie Morgan, Kayla Higgins, Carrie, Kevin Struther, Kiki Newton. Thank you, Kiki. Kimberly Porton. Thank you, Cody Stevens, Kristen Wessel, Kyle Willard. I love that guy. Thank you, Lady Paris. Thank you, Lauren Waller, Lee Lee. Thank you, Linus Gron. Linus challenged me to pronounce that last name. Gron? Let me know how I did, Linus. Thank you, Lisa L. Thank you, Lizo. She called me out. I've been saying Lizzo, and apparently that's wrong. Thank you, Lizzo. Thank you, Max Squared and Dan Squared. Dan uh, asked if um, they could be said uh, right before their friend Max. So Dan, Dan Squared and Max Squared. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Mallory Drake. Thank you, Mandy Spears. Mandy, oh my God. Thank you, Marcel Dave Abriol. Thank you, Marcelina, Marcus, Maria, Matt Unden, Melina, Melissa McGee, Mels, Michelle Moore, Mike, Mandy, or I'm sorry, Mike, Mindy, MJ, Monique Wilshire. Thank you all so much. Thank you, Nate Sussman, Neil Wagner, Nick Nolte. Thank you, Nicole C. Thank you, Nicole Cassis. Thank you, Orion Moore. Thank you, Paula Garcia, Patty McCabe, Phil, Philip O. Uh, thank you, Rachel Barron. Thank you, Rachel M., Rebecca Hill, Reese Koski, The Reed Family, Robin Ponsalen. I'm so sorry, Robin. I don't... I, I, I know. You know, you ever do something, you just realize you fucked up. I totally messed up your last name, but thank you so much, Robin. Thank you, Ryan Holmes, Samantha Snyder, Sandra A., Sarah Furman, uh, Sarah and Spencer. Thank you both. Uh, Sarah Ampersand Spencer. Thank you. Thank you, Savannah Lance. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean Callahan, Sergio Zacchio. Sergio Zacchio. I'm going with that. Sounds cool. Thank you, Shannon Myers, Shannon Timchula. Timchula. That's fun. Thank you, Shay McCullough. Thank you, Shep. Thank you, Stacy with an E. Thank you, Stacy, who has uh, Stacy with a Y. So it's a good differentiation. Thank you, Stephanie Lidbetter Illustration. I hope that's your real name. Thank you, Stephanie Pegalis. Pegalis. Pegali. Pegali. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you, Stephen V. I'm still going to call you Stephen V because that's a dope nickname. Thank you, Suzanne Rode. Thank you, Sydney Day, Tabitha, Tabitha Ray, Tamara Dale, Ta- uh, Tara, uh, Taylor Juarez, Teresa Savage, the Alex G. Thank you, Thomas Jackson. Thank you, uh, Thomas Vanderheiden. Thank you, Thumbs. Thank you, TJ Himes. Thank you, Toby Derry. Sorry, my, my notes app is like splitting up the, uh, the word so that like, like, it's almost like I can't even make out what it's said. It's like illegible. So I'm trying to uh, decipher it as I'm reading here. So I think there's Toby Mann and then there's Toby Derry. There's Tori Pittman, Trisha Bueller, might be Bubbler. I don't know. Uh, there is Tyler, uh, Ramin, uh, Will Bergstrom, Will Nash, Yerf, Yolanda B, and Zach Tripp. Oh my gosh, thank you guys so much for everything you do. You keep the lights on here. We're really building a community here, especially with the new tiers. I hope some of you uh, eventually join the Discord because so far it's been popping off in there. We've been having a lot of fun just hanging out and it's a good place for you guys to interact with one another. Um, but with all that, uh, thank you all so much for listening to Streaming Things. It's been a blast. Happy streaming.